anytime you got an opportunity to do the thing that you wanted, you just have to go for it. Just like, you know, even if you're like fake it till you make it, just like be cool, keep your head on straight and just go for it. And so, and, and think of it in terms of like, instead of, oh my God, I'm scared. This is Napoleon. It's Ridley Scott and all these things. Be like, oh my God, it's Ridley Scott, Napoleon. I get to, I get to do this. Hi, everybody, and welcome to The Render Bar. I'm Richard Sanchez, and today we have a really special episode uh, featuring a remarkable editor, a remarkable person, an old friend of mine, Sam Restivo. Sam, how are you doing today? Good evening, Richard. Good evening, Erica and Steve. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing good. Yeah, good. How are you? Good, good, good. Thanks. Happy to be here. So uh, Sam, in addition to the great Claire Simpson, has uh, recently edited uh, Ridley Scott's Napoleon. First off, congratulations uh, coming you. off your first weekend, uh, 20 million. That's uh, that's none too shabby. Yes. Yeah, we're all very excited that uh, it hit uh, number one in the world, worldwide. It uh, almost hit 80 million for uh, all territories, which is that's awesome. Fan that's fantastic. And, and Steve and I checked it out this week. It's awesome. Just, I mean. Oh, thanks. It's I mean, incredible. I, I haven't been, quite honestly, a, a, t a testament to, to Mr. Scott. I, I, I can't recall being as excited with battle scenes since possibly <laughs> Gladiator. Right. Uh, so, uh, I mean, I, I recently saw, when I saw The Last Duel a few years ago, yeah. I was blown away by that. Not only the yeah. spectacle of it all, the practical locations, the practical armor, like everything, the, the props, the set, everything looked so realistic as possible. Yep. And seeing this in that same way, but Napoleon and grand yeah. battle scenes never before seen, and it, it blew me away. It's I really, massive. really loved it. Yeah, yeah. thanks, yeah. thanks. I really appreciate yeah. it, guys. You know, uh, I, and you know, I, I have a million questions I, I want to mm -hmm. ask you about Napoleon, mm -hmm. but even before we get there, you know, just uh, really about your your own journey. You know, uh, coming from the the great state of Texas, I'm I'm yeah. always interested in what was that. You know, the moment. You know, as as, as a young man. You know, whether yeah. it was a specific film or just a specific moment where you know it kind of came to you. You know, that's that's what I want to do. Like, what how, what was your yeah. your uh, your moment of explosion? Uh, yeah, so it's very specific uh, with me, uh, and it was honestly, I think, I think I actually know the date. It was something like November eleventh or twelfth, nineteen ninety-five. Uh, my best friend in high school. Uh, so this would have been uh, I was a junior in high school, I think, sophomore or junior, and Heat came out, uh, and uh, my best friend and his uh, parents took me to see it, and that's when I went from being just like movie lover to like, okay, this is the career, mom and dad. Uh, I want to uh, I want to figure out the Hollywood thing because uh, that that was the one that just blew me away and made me be like okay let's go for it. And that's uh, it, it's so funny how the minute you said 1995, the first film that jumped to my head was was Heat. It was <laughs> it was just Heat. So so I, I do have to caveat it. So uh, whenever I talk about this, my wife like rolls her eyes, uh, which is uh, <laughs> hilarious because like I mean it, most people accept that you know it's it's a really good movie, but it's a real guys thing, and uh, I, I'm always leery of of not uh, or of uh, of saying it without uh, about caveating the fact that yeah it's it's it was a guys thing, but. Um, it holds up. Still love it. It's a classic. Yeah. 
And it, and it's one of those like you know, especially in L.A. You know, me having grown up in L.A., oh, it right. was like definitely that sense of like, oh, I know that's oh my gosh, it's, oh, yeah. it's I mean, it, encapsulating a world and 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 Michael Mann definitely has a sense yeah. of of you know the city becomes a character unto itself, you know, which he he certainly yeah. later did again with uh, with um, Collateral. Collateral. Yep. And really, to to a large degree, too, Ferrari, um, mm-hmm. which uh, I just had the for the good fortune of checking out recently, too. Which mm-hmm. is, yeah, that's a remarkable thing. But yeah, mm-hmm. he does. It, it's 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 funny too how that that it it also how a good film kind of takes you back to a specific point in your life, and it's yeah. like you know the 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 remembering of that moment. Uh, yeah, I remember where I was and and what it meant, and you know, yeah. even even you know, as a as a, a a young lad, I was fourteen when that came out. That sense yeah. of you know, you like it for specific reasons. Then yeah. the action scenes, the gunfights, but then yeah. as you grow an analytical brain and go, oh, these dialogue scenes are incredible. Oh, the way the scenes are constructed. Yep. And uh, as as you and I have 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 you had the fortune to work with uh, with uh, Michael Mann? I know well, a lot of our close colleagues. Yeah, so I've done three shows with Michael, uh, which is which is crazy, by the way. So this was the movie that you know made me want to work on films, and the good fortune was so I went to I did go to film school here in L.A. at Loyola Marymount University, uh, and uh, one of my closest friends uh, from uh, from school is editor Chris McCaleb, uh, and he's two years older than me, and he'd already graduated uh, from LMU, and he was in the Michael Mann camp because uh, he worked on uh, Robbery Homicide Division, the uh, the CBS TV series that Michael uh, made for a time. And he had been hired as the post PA on collateral. But uh, at that point that, you know, the, the Michael Mann operation is a serious deal. Um, and so they ended up needing three post PAs, uh, which mm. my mind now is kind of an unheard of thing. Uh, but uh, I got to be the low man uh, PA. Chris got me the, uh, got me an interview and I got the job. Um, and I mean, like, it's amazing that that's the first thing that I got was collateral, uh, like a, a Michael Mann thing. I was so excited, but I was also as green as possible. It was, that was like a year out of film school. It was just, it was nuts. It's a miracle that I survived that job. Um, so I did uh, collateral and then I came back on Miami Vice and then uh, I worked on the pilot of luck, uh, as well. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, it's, it's funny. That was going to be my, my follow-up question. You naturally flowed yeah. into it is coming out of film school, how you went straight into that, yeah. you know, and, and I'm, I'm always interested too, because one of the real challenges for those who are aware of just the dynamics of the union, you know, one of the biggest challenges is as a post PA, yeah. those days don't necessarily count. Oh, yes. And then off, oftentimes folks fall into other avenues. Sometimes unscripted is a common path, but for you, getting yeah. your first foray into very high level projects. And I'm sure yeah. that's a situation where you don't want to lose, uh, you don't want to lose sync with those relationships and those projects. Yeah. And so what, what was your path to then, you know, gain the experience you needed editorially and gain yep. your, your union days to transition from the PA to the, to working as a, an assistant editor? Yeah, that, so that was a serious challenge. So it was right around that time that I started on Collateral that, uh, you know, the, the union came out strongly uh, about like, no, we don't really want post PAs to uh, to move up into apprentices because we have so many great people who are out of work and we want to prioritize them. And understandable. But it, uh, I mean, I was working where I wanted to work, uh, even though it was an extremely stressful, difficult job. I was working on big movies uh, for like, you know, the filmmakers that I really, uh, really respected. Um, and so it was a, I did a 
few shows in a row. So I did Collateral, and then I went to work for Michael Bay on the island. Um, and then hmm. after that, I think I did Scary Movie 4. Um, and it was uh, I was doing post-PA stuff the whole time, though they, they bumped me up on... Um, scary movie to be a coordinator a post coordinator but like mm. it wasn't getting to be an editor um on the flip side i had all these friends from lmu uh, that were like trying to be filmmakers and whatnot and a uh, a, a duo uh, uh, uh two of my best friends uh to this day uh filmmakers john stewart muller and laura borsma uh, were making their first feature uh in 2006 i think it was uh it was called fling and they were looking for somebody that you know that knew some editorial uh to like go for it and since i had you know at least experience in in editing on an actual feature film uh you know when i was friends with them they said let's let's go for it so i was both the assistant editor and the editor uh of that show because they, they had no money but i mean they had enough money to to pay whatever the minimum uh, was, because this was going to be my plan then. Like, let's get in the union by doing a non-union film and get the days that way. Um, and um, it, it worked out perfectly for me. So, and that was, I think I got to join in late 2007. That's fantastic. So really it, your first, effectively your first assistant editor job, you were also editing. So you were kind of, yeah. kind of, kind of a twofer there. Yes, yes, yes. But like, I'm also, you know, I, I, I'm a really detail oriented person where like actually doing assistant editor work uh, was something that I genuinely enjoyed uh, because the organizational side of it and stuff that like it went hand in hand with the creative side for me and still to a degree to this day. Yeah, you know, it's funny that that was always one of the one of the challenges that I found with myself as an assistant editor, the the dilemma of script syncing in particular, because it's such a time suck. And yet there's yep. such value in actually doing it because the conversations you can have with your editor when you've seen all of the footage that you know, that on a, on such a granular level, it's 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 it's, it's it, it is a debate. It's like it, it is a time suck. And yet it's pretty yep. valuable to the process mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. now you you've worked with uh with uh the legendary joe hutching across yep. uh, a variety of projects i mean i mean born on the fourth of july jfk yep. jerry Maguire. you know it's oh, was and, it in the holiday the, the holiday <laughs> oh dude he's super which proud i'm of a fan it. of yeah. it being oh, the holidays yeah. now that's one of my favorite films to watch at christmas time dude, so i just want to give a shout out oh, to the holiday oh yeah and Hutching, nancy great job Na great job nancy myers love it yeah nancy myers is <laughs> a fantastic filmmaker so absolutely yeah was that was that you know i find so often so much of our work you know you 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 get you get a job based on hey i know someone who who knows someone yeah. so it it tends to be very it tends to be more based upon what's available versus you know like i'm going to work with this person and yet joe you know being such a such a such a name was was that a relationship that you pursued directly or so, was it kind of a combination of what what occurred you know that's really funny so for a time there and the, so let me think about when this would have been uh, around 2013 or so i was uh, you know i was not very happy with the movies i was getting to work on and the, or the projects i was doing and i was i i got to the point where i was like well why don't i look up editorial crews and through the the guild website i found email addresses for first assistant editors and i sent a few of them out including to david bilo who at the time was joe's first assistant um just to be like, hey, if there's a spot, uh, you know, on any of your guys's films, I, you don't know me from Adam, but like, I, you know, I have, I've worked on these projects and, you know, I'm a really hard worker. And, uh, 
have all these skills and I, I would love a shot. Um, now, the only reason I'm saying this story is because David is now a really good friend of mine, uh, but he actually did not respond to that email, um, which like, you know, nobody did, but that was okay. I, did, I didn't care. It's just like, at least, at least I was going to try. Uh, but the good fortune that happened right around the same time, and it's so odd, I was working on this movie called RIPD that had uh, Ryan Reynolds and Jeff Bridges in it. And that was, you know, this big visual effects thing where I, I, I learned everything about being a VFX editor uh, from that movie and working with uh, this guy, Orlando Duenas, who's just one of the best. Uh, but I was working on that film and it finished it in early 2013. And the second assistant editor is this guy named Mark Persley. And he had, he had moved on after the show finished and he was working upstairs from the Aloha cutting room, which was Cameron Crowe's movie that Joe was editing. And, you know, I just randomly reached out to Mark because I was like, Hey, I'm, I'm just looking for work. Do you, do you know anything? And he's like, you know what? I, I'm working right next to uh, the Cameron Crowe movie. And they're, I think they are looking for a VFX editor, if that's something you'd be up for. And I was like, yes, please. Thank you. Uh, and so that, I mean, it was as simple as that. And, uh, and then I, I got to meet Joe and I got to meet David uh, and the rest of the editorial team, Elliot Eisman and the music editor, Ramiro Bell guard all fabulous fabulous people and uh that movie aloha which you know we could say for a different podcast uh the uh the the film but um uh th that experience of working on it was like still like probably the highlight of my editorial career uh just in terms of like the vibe and how chill it was and how much fun we had every single day it was such a good group of people um and joe and i hit it off right away uh, it, it was fabulous and after after that show finished um he had bumped up david to getting to be an editor uh when cameron went to do roadies for showtime mm. and joe was looking for a new first assistant and um you know, even though like I was doing VFX, uh, you know, I, I had made my like intention clear that, well, do I want to be an editor? Um, and he called me up and I mean, I was, I was working on another job and he was like, can you get out of it? And I was like, well, it's not every, every day that like one of the greatest film editors of all time, like ask you to be assistant. So yeah, I, I got out of it and, uh, and joined up with him and we got to, we did a ton of projects in a small amount of time. It was like two or three years. And we did like seven or six or seven movies during that time because a, a lot of it was fill-in gigs and stuff and th there was a lot of moving around but it, it was such a valuable experience um he's he's one of the best ever and such a great guy um and it's it's so insane that i i think about uh and i'd known about this so the the cutting room for oliver stone's wall street in 1987 was Claire Simpson, Joe Hutching, Pietro Scalia, David Brenner, Julie Monroe, and Mark Lavolsi. All of those people are t top film editors. Um, and because I worked with Joe when a, the, uh, the, the opening came up on Raised by Wolves to go work with Claire and Ridley, that connection alone, I think, uh, put me to the top of the list. And, um, and, and I hit it off with Claire, same. Uh, just as quickly it's and it's so funny too like you 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 seemingly planted the seed with yeah. joe by david and when yeah. when you know your paths actually intersected in an, in a more organic way did did they like oh i remember you from the email yes. was it so yes that, absolutely and, and because i don't know it, it was it was a a joking kind of thing oh yeah, yeah. We, we all have a great sense of humor uh, among each other but no, no we hit it off right away the, the whole team 
It's so funny. I, I think so many of us are, are filled with, you know, I always have this, uh, this like 1930s film idea of like, I'm going to send the email out and somebody's, you know, with the big cigar is going to say, you got moxie, kid, you're coming with me, you know, and, <laughs> totally. and, and of course, it, it never, never quite happens that way. But there yeah. is, but in, 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 in seemingly less direct ways, you, 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 you put it out there. I'm not one yeah. for metaphysics, but it seems like in a certain way, you sort of put it out there and the universe sort of skewed itself to that, right. you yep. know, in, in an amazing way. And, you know, Joe, you and I having, you know, shared a cutting room with Joe, uh, I found myself uh, often, you know, the, the early days of that relationship, like, oh my gosh, this, this is the legend. And, you know, you having done that now with Joe and later Claire, it, do you find, you know, the, 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 the challenge of working with someone who you have such a reverence for too, like this, like the, do you struggle with like the, the kind of fanboy in you right. versus the need to like be professional? This is my job. Right. So uh, for me, that, <clears throat> for me, that got, uh, that got solved right away on like collateral having to work with like Michael Mann was insane. And like Tom Cruise was in the office. During, uh, at times. <laughs> it's like, you just, you gotta, gotta get used to it. And, and, um, and also like, I want to be able to like play at this level and not be, you know, just fawning over uh, everybody. So I, I want to learn and want to be a part of it and just be like, you know, keep your head, uh, keep your head on you and just be cool. And, uh, and I, I've made it this far. So. <laughs> exactly. I, I, yeah. I think you've done done pretty all right for yourself, yeah. Yeah. you know, but uh, yeah. And no, what I was just saying, I think that's, that's a good mantra. Just be cool. Be cool. Just act cool. Yep. <laughs> yep. Just got to survive. The, uh, yeah. Well, no, here, what I want to say yeah. is like on, uh, so collateral, we had a 24 hour cutting room, which is just insane. Like, cause you know, you gotta be wow. editing the movie all day, all day and all night. Um, and so like the whole thing was, uh, you know, this is a dream job to get to work uh, with this filmmaker and on a movie of this size, but it was really hard. Uh, and like, you know, we were working six to seven day weeks, 15 to 18 hour days. And the whole thing just became, you got, you just got to survive. And the, the, the best way of surviving for me was just being cool, show up, do the work. Everything's fine. You'll, you'll get to the end of it. And then you'll be on to the next thing. That's it. Like, especially with those, those intense projects like that, yeah. where it is, I mean, it's, it's like the, the, the psychological aspect of like, we'll get through this, you know, and it's, it's yep. the, uh, it's, it's so funny because oftentimes I hear people say, we're not, we're not curing cancer, you know, and, yep. and there is truth to that, but there's yep. also, you know, high, high budget, high pressure. Yep. And, uh, and, and my counter to the mantra often tends to be uh, the, Sure, we're not curing cancer, but I'd like to believe that for the person who is, we provide an escape from, you know, the the challenge of their day. So that's uh, absolutely. I love, and, I love your mantra. Yeah, absolutely. And we are all we're also all artists too. And like in the same way of like the you know putting up a show in the theater, like tensions run high, and like there's, uh, there's going to be a lot of emotions, and it's a very intense experience because you're trying to like make something really cool, something really creative, and so it's 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 kind of natural that the, the the pressure that comes with these things. But uh, it was very early in my career that I had to learn to like, no, you, you're going to have to learn to love this because that's what it is. If you want to work on movies, this is, this is how it can be at times. And I mean, with, you know, with your career path with Joe, I mean, you span projects from, uh, from Aloha as a visual yep. effects editor and yep. then uh, Birth of a Nation, you know, one yep. of these films that kind of yep. came 
seemingly little expectation exploded into this, you know, this remarkable, uh, uh, you know, project. And then, and then to concert videos, Joe through his relationship with Metallica. Yep. I mean, that's that that's a heck of a gamut. Did oh, you yeah. your your approach to those projects? I mean, did you did you keep like a a similar filmmaker's ethos, or was it a completely different approach with something like uh, with S and M two working on a project like that? Right. Well, so, so it all, it came from Joe. These were projects that, uh, that he got, uh, that came his way. Uh, and he loves doing big movies and small movies. And at that point in his career, he doesn't, you know, he didn't need to prove anything to anybody. And so he was only trying to do projects that he thought might be fun and thought might be interesting. And, um, so no, I wouldn't say the, the approach changed though. Obviously we did some the really low budget stuff like, uh, the, the Sundance audience award winner, um, uh, Crown Heights, uh, which is a fabulous movie from a fabulous director named Matt Ruskin, who just did Boston Strangler uh, earlier this year. Hmm. And uh, that that was just that was me and Joe. That's it in the cutting room. And like, you know, it was a back to basics like we, we don't have anybody else but us. So we just got to solve all the editorial things. And it was fabulous. Um, and we did like I think we did the Tupac movie, uh, All Eyes on Me. Uh, we came in for a time to help out on that. And that that was not dissimilar. And then I think uh, then contrast that with like Independence Day resurgence. We uh, we did a short stint on for a couple of months right at the end on there, which is like that that's almost like Michael Mann style in terms of the operation of just how many people are in editorial and all in the same place. So, you know, big or small, it, it was all like a, a great experience to work with Joe because he, he, he also taught me about, you, you just got to play it cool. You, you got, you know, the, the, the plane may be like crashing into the mountain, but you're like, I'm in, I'm in charge. I've got it. Don't worry about it. And, um, and yeah, I, that served me extremely well. You know, it's and it's funny too. The one thing I, I recall vividly about Joe is one thing we've talked about on the podcast is what we call the the art of the lunch. You know, yeah. just uh, yeah. you know how the re relationship building uh, through lunch. And I, I always loved how Joe was like just stories for days. You oh know? my god! Um, <laughs> yeah, and so know, on the, I mean, on, uh, on Aloha, that was what lunch was. It was Cameron Crowe, Joe Hutching, and then the rest of us sitting around just listening to their insane stories. <laughs> they're they're like music stories all day long and we'd get like the full hour lunch like nobody does that but they did that they didn't even blink uh and they're like yeah we're just gonna sit here and talk about you know being on tour with led zeppelin it's like okay yes please i i got nowhere to be so <laughs> it was awesome yeah it's like can, can we can we stretch this lunch out a little bit oh i yeah. guess we got to go back to the cutting room you know yep yep which is just just remarkable and i mean now now with claire simpson yeah with the, with the ridley camp you you started with uh Raised by Wolves, The Last Duel, House of Gucci, Napoleon. I mean, that's yeah. that's that's a great run. And you know, it's it's interesting because I, I I see uh, uh, some folks kind of jump around editorial teams like a traveling Ronin, but you've yeah. sort of you've stuck very closely with that team. Is that something that do you? Is that a very like at a certain point you have a sit down and hey, we're a team and we're kind of moving forward together, or does it kind of be like oh, show's over, I got something you want to come on? Right. And, and so that's a, that's a, can be a, a challenge with, uh, you know, roving crews where I, I have gotten out of sync, uh, with previous, uh, crews. Uh, but with this one, there wasn't going to be that much time off after raised by wolves. And there was one other, one other opportunity that had come my way and that I was, I kind of said yes to, but then Ridley personally asked me to work on the last duel when like, so when Ridley Scott wow. asked me to work on the thing, then it's like, okay, oh, th that sounds like 
fun. And, and um, Claire and I had hit it off like best friends immediately uh, over all kind of shared interest. And, and um, she gave me so many opportunities at the beginning of Raised by Wolves uh, by the nature of the way they shot that show. So he was doing the first two episodes and they were doing it in sequence. And so mm. by the time the second episode was starting, uh, Claire was still working on the first episode. And she was like, you know what, if you want, go ahead and you know, start assembling some of these scenes for, for part two. Uh, and I was like, Oh yes, please. Thank you. And she liked what I was doing uh, enough to let me show it to Ridley. And he was on board as well. And the relationship just blossomed from there. Um, so that when we got to last duel, um, I was still doing, you know, kind of first assistant stuff, but she had bumped me up to additional editor and was letting me cut a handful of scenes and just, you know, being integral to the creative process. Uh, and like that, how amazing was that? Cause, uh, Claire's editing on the last duel is really, really something like, uh, on the duel itself, by the way, plus all the scenes with Jody Comer, who is just fantastic. Um, and yeah, we've just, there hasn't been that much time off between the jobs. In fact, we weren't even finished with Last Duel because of the pandemic. Um, you know, it, it had a pause in the middle and then we picked back up and then he was going to go straight into House of Gucci uh, before we were even like completely finished on Last Duel. Um, and then that one was only like two months off after Gucci before Napoleon showed up. So it's it's like all of these things just happened in sequence where there have been times and Claire had mentioned, like after she did all the money in the world, uh, there was actually a long time, you know, a good like six plus months before uh, the next project was going to land. And it was going to be a bunch of different things before it ended up being Raised by Wolves. Wow. That's and, you know, you've coming from your background too. you know, of you've you've worked as a visual effects editor. And so you have a yep. lot of that, you know, at, like you talked about, you know, the, the your first project where the 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 conjunction of assistant editing and editing, you know, they kind yep. of go hand in hand. Yep. Do you find that you're given your experience as a visual effect editor and knowing what is going to work and isn't going to work, does that really influence how you approach and edit your projects now? I mean, especially a project like Napoleon, where you're going to have yep. major set builds and. Yep. Oh, it, it totally does. Every aspect of all of these things uh, um, influences the way that I work creatively now as an editor. Uh, with the visual effects specifically, I, I can communicate really well with our VFX editor, Michael Chung, who's fantastic um, about like, oh, th things, things that maybe we can try and get ourselves like that he can create for us instead of having to wait for, you know, the, the vendor to get it done. Uh, and then also just understanding what the, the workflow is for uh, when you've got so many vendors and so many different shots and what the timelines of it is going to be. Um, yeah. And, and what kind of like when you're sitting there editing, being like, oh, man, it'd be great if I had that part and that part together in the same thing and um, knowing what's what's uh, achievable like quickly uh like i wouldn't have known that if i if i hadn't had the vfx editor experience um and conversely similarly uh joe was one of the first editors that really pushed me on the sound work of it um and like really took the time to kind of mentor me on being better at doing sound as an assistant editor and that as a creative person now as an editor is like immensely important because uh, it's it's such a big thing and uh, claire let me do a, a lot of the initial sound work on last duel before we got to you know sound editorial and uh having had that experience uh with joe really made that uh, uh really gave me an opportunity to like show what i could do so it's it's everything before this time has led to me getting to do this now
did you struggle at all when you know you where you were so responsible for as an assistant editor the organizational aspects of the project yeah. and then as yeah. a visual effects editor uh doing temp comps did you yeah. struggle in as an editor then like perhaps your inclination was i'm going to do this comp oh wait i should rely on my support <laughs> yeah. crew yeah. you you better believe it <laughs> so and I, <laughs> I, and I still do a couple of them if it's like if i know i can accomplish this in like 60 seconds i'm just going to do it if, if it's going to be like a split comp where you know i wanted one part of one take one part of another or you know an easy removal that like even though i should just let the vfx editors do it but like sometimes i just i go for it but uh, i'm always respectful in terms of the track layout and where i have these things and i will put locators and make sure that people know that we've done something crazy um but uh yeah no i i can't help myself sometimes but i'm getting better about that yeah don't, it's, don't it's, get rid of those locators we need those yeah exactly yes right. <laughs> yeah. On, on behalf of all vfx editors yeah. uh, yes yeah. The, uh, the, yeah. the uh the locators are oh those are those are a beautiful thing yep. and now and 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 now you know looking forward to the future uh gladiator 2 is mm -hmm. uh gonna be ramping up soon i mean that's yep. I mean, we we, we talked about the, the the battle scenes, uh, you know, comparing Napoleon to Gladiator yep. One and 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 Gladiator that was uh, two was that two thousand one or two thousand two thousand. I saw I'm... I saw it the day it came out at the Cinerama Dome, and that was awesome. Oh, that that's yeah. the May, place May 5th, to see 2000. it. Yeah, yeah. And and I mean, what what a surreal experience going back to two thousand. <laughs> you know, where you yeah. were in your career now to where yeah. we're, we're doing Gladiator Two. Um, yeah. Yeah, it, know, it, by that... the way, Gladiator One is my mom's favorite movie, like of all time. And so, like, okay. when that when that opportunity came up, I was like, "Yeah, I think I have to do this one, right? like regardless of anything, because it's my mom's favorite." So, yeah. Was, so you know, that, no no pressure, no pressure. Yeah, exactly. It better be good. Yeah. <laughs> But now, I mean, I, I mean, but that's got to be that's got to be a you know one of the things I struggled with, uh, you know, working with working with Steve on on Ahsoka. You know, there's a then you have this whole sense of there is the inherent pressure of the project versus the self imposed pressure, and uh, I mm -hmm. recognize that I can personally be uh, a, a little high strung at times. So you know, yeah. there is the challenge there. Do do you ever struggle with like okay, I mean, obviously never to imply that you wouldn't take the responsibility seriously, mm -hmm. but yeah. you know. Know, there is you know no, always always there, there there's there's pressure you know in all ways on movies of this size because like we were saying before the high budget level and a lot of cooks in the kitchen and like in an instance like napoleon so i i've edited feature films for all indies that no one's ever seen so like they, the only thing that like really counts i guess is napoleon suddenly and so of course i want to impress and i want to do a good job and i want people to think that like i belong here so you know i try to keep my head on straight all of the time, but like it's, it's, it can be nerve wracking for sure. Um, but like we, we got through it and we all love the movie and uh, they, you know, they hired me back for the next one. So I, I, guess, I guess it worked out. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and build, building off your, you know, how you were mentored from Joe and Claire, is that yeah. kind of something that, that is present in your mind too, you know, like how, you know, uh, building upon your assistant editors, your first, your, your second, yeah. you know, and kind of, relinquishing that control like i always i always found you know when i would cut small projects you know you know, you're you low resourced you know on on indie so you're yeah. kind of handling it all on your oh, own yeah. but uh oh, yeah 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 does that no, feel I, does that feel un, uh, strange you know now that you're now you are the mentor 
Yeah, it, it is a little bit because I'm still kind of getting my feet wet uh, as in this role on movies of this size, which means there's a lot more people underneath you. Um, and I'm I'm good about um, talking to the other other departments specifically. That's that's fantastic. But it's uh, getting used to not doing the assistant editor stuff is is a, a change. But I thankfully uh, on these last couple of shows, we have a f- fabulous first. Her name's uh, Danielle L. Hindi, and uh, she's just on it. And uh, it's I, it's been a dream to get to have someone like that um, uh, working for us. That's fantastic. I mean, it's just I'm, I'm so I'm so happy for you from where you've come from, from, you know, our time at, at the board and yep. uh, and and on Robin Hood to here. I mean, this is it's just remarkable and it's inspiring. You know, it is one of those things where uh, I find oftentimes talking to visual effects editors, some people have this idea that, you know, once you go into visual effects editing, you're kind of off the track of editing. And, you know, editors like Harry Yoon is, you know, mm-hmm. an inspiring one to me yep. having VFX edited. Now he's cutting for Marvel and now you having straddled those lines rather well, you know, VFX editing on great projects, you know, Aloha and RIPD to assistant mm-hmm. editing with Joe. And, you know, yep. there's, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's inspiring to see that there is a through line and you can, you know, take those reins and, and put it in your control. And also I, I, the, the proactive nature, I, I love that you just, put your fate in your own hands and just yep. sent the email out. And even if you didn't get that response right away, there's something remarkable about that. Yeah. And, and so, and I enjoyed all of my time uh, as VFX editor, but I knew I wanted to do the the more creative side of it. I wanted to be the, the picture editor. And so I did have to make a conscious decision. And so the last time I did VFX editor was on Creed 2, which by the way, if I mm. recall, uh, you helped, you helped me out for uh, for a week or a, a long weekend or something. Um, that is, that that is true. A, yeah. a week. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm very thankful for that. Uh, I, and so it was after, the- it was after, Creed 2, that I was doing some fill-in work on Chaos Walking, uh, the Mm. Doug Lyman movie, uh, where I saw, so I was still on Facebook at that point, uh, and this would have been in late 2018, and we were in Uncanny Assistance, and somebody had posted um, uh, Ridley Scott, Claire Simpson, South Africa TV series, sci-fi TV series, and I was like, they were looking for a first assistant specifically. And I was like, yep, that's what I'm doing. I, I'm, I'm going, this is where I have to make the decision to just stick with, uh, stick with uh, assistant uh, jobs instead of VFX uh, assistants. So, so there was a moment where you had to say, okay, this yeah. is, I, I do need to take the reins back. Right. Yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah. and right. And, and the reason I was even on the Creed two of it is after Robin hood uh, were being first assistant, uh, Joe had kind of decided to like step away for a while and kind of semi retire and wasn't really looking for work. And because I had the VFX skills, it was way easier to find a VFX editor job uh, than an assistant editor job. Um, so, but I was happy to do it because it's, it's, you know, it's a fabulous, fabulous career, a fabulous role. Um, but what, once the opportunity came back to be specifically picture editorial, I had to jump out. Yeah. Which is interesting because that tends to be a, a rather common refrain for assistant editors wanting to edit, you know, whereas yeah. I want to edit. So you have to stop taking assistant jobs. And that is, yeah. I mean, it's kind of, it's, it's, it's such a struggle because you go, well, that's where I make my money. So yep. I don't make money for a while. Yep. Yep. And, and again, <laughs> you know? it's, it's a testament to people like Claire Simpson and people like Joe Hushing that uh, Claire was was open to like a giving me scenes to cut. And then once we, it, it was toward the end of Last Duel, or maybe you know it was early on 
Gucci where she was like, listen, I want to, I, I really want to just do this one myself, but we got Napoleon coming up and it's going to be huge. And uh, I would love for you to do that one with me. And I was just over the moon uh, to get to have a, a professional partnership with her. It's just like, it's, it's wildest dreams. So, yeah. And I mean, and, and, and also just, it, it, it's, it, even the experience of Napoleon watching that still took me back to Gladiator. The 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 uh, Ridley Scott Joaquin Phoenix, you know, mm -hmm. so so much of the 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 psychosis of Napoleon. There seemed to be like this this um, duality with that of Commodus, you know, yep. like uh, in 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 different ways, you know, uh, and 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 yet such a similarity that it's it's it's, it's a wonderful thing what he does with the with the. The historical epic, and so uh, now with with Pedro Pascal uh, mm -hmm. in uh, Gladiator Two. I mean, that's just just wait, man. Just wait. Oh, I mean, it's all all the battles, the, all the fighting, all the animals, all the things. So yeah, <laughs> I did not know that Pedro Pascal is in this film, and now I'm yeah. super excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's, he's, he's got well. a cool yeah. role. So no, and, and that'll is, be this this time next year. Uh, we'll be doing this again, talking about Gladiator Two. We'll have you back uh, so. for sure. I love it, which, which, it, which, it, it, and it's funny how Pedro Pascal b brings us full circle from uh, Erica and Steve on Mando to oh, right, uh, to a mutual a mutual friend yeah. of ours from Creed, uh, Dana Glauberman, also yep. uh, with uh, with Ahsoka and the Mando crew. Who uh, it was it was it was lovely to work with her for that brief week yep. on Creed Two, which was also you know another experience that I am grateful for you to bring me on because at that time you know there there is an, another concept that you know I think about a lot too. Too, which is the idea of are you ready are you ready to do something new and at the time i had done you know projects 100 visual effects you know and it's mm -hmm. something all different altogether where where it's you know a project where i don't really know if anyone's going to see these anyway so it seems like the stakes are low the pressure's off and then creed 2 oh yeah. michael b jordan oh that's 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 something you know yeah. that's like this is a real movie <laughs> yeah i mean exactly. you know <laughs> <laughs> not not to diminish films that aren't big but you know it's right. yeah the the pressure and the uh you know the uh the recognition there is something about that but i think there's also there's also something it there's something um there's something heartening too about you know you've you've made it to this level you've earned your seat it's there yeah. and it's evident people keep on asking you to come back on every time but just you know the the it, it's heartening for folks who are coming into this and i feel like i'm not ready and it's like it, it seems yeah. like the general theme is to a certain degree you never totally feel ready and mm -hmm. no. you, you saddle up you know the uh was that that old John Wayne quote? Uh, courage is being scared to death and saddling up anyway. You know. Yeah, exactly. And I'll, I'll tell you, I didn't have. It took a long time to gain the confidence that, like, oh yeah, I can, I can play at this level. I can do this thing. And I, I honestly didn't get it until I don't know, like six or seven years ago or so, where I actually felt like I was good at being an assistant editor, and that like I could deal with the pressure of being on these kind of movies, and that anytime you got an opportunity to do the thing that you wanted you just have to go for it just like you know even if you're like fake it till you make it just like be cool keep your head on straight and just go for it and so and, and think of it in terms of like oh my god okay instead of oh my god i'm scared this is napoleon it's ridley scott and all these things be like oh my god it's ridley scott napoleon i get to i get to do this and so i was getting to do uh claire, claire is awesome to work with and we would uh during the dailies process um the footage comes in from the day before and you know we watch all the footage together uh and usually since ridley shoots with like you know like umpteen cameras um like 
we're, have, we're watching it in the nine bank or the six bank or four bank, <laughs> however many things he's doing on the day. And it was early on. The first battle up was Waterloo. And Claire was like, listen, I want you to go for it. Uh, let's 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 do it. So take it on. And I was like, oh, my God, this is insane. And so the, the, that first day where I had those dailies, I had it in the nine bank and everything is just oh my God, there's that. And there's that. And there's that. It, it was an absolute embarrassment of riches for like, well, you know, it'd be great if they had a profile shot of the horses charging down the field. Oh, there it is right there. So like <laughs> anything you wanted, he had. So I, I looked at it as like this kind of incredible chance to get to like, finally you get all the shots that you want and all the, all the cool things. So uh, I, I basically had to jump in with both feet and, uh, and enjoy it. Yeah, I, I recall from uh, from the Q and A at the at the Napoleon uh, uh, screening that we went to the other day. You talked about how there really was no choice but to be up to camera. Yes, uh, and it's it's it seems like both both the challenge, but also it seems it seems also so rewarding that you were working with such a mature filmmaker that it, yes. that the struggle to we don't have what we need, you know, and yeah. conjuring something from that. Yeah, and, and there's for, for me personally, there's like a there's a joy or like the fun part of it like oh we got to keep up the camera all right let's go let's do it like this is this is where you want to be and this this is just you know uh, an experience that's like the stuff of dreams and so claire is an extremely fast editor and i mean like it's incredible it's incredible that i get to work with her but like her her first edits are like most editors like fourth or fifth edits like she's <laughs> I, I gotta play at that level like right away. So, so like I had to embrace that and just be like, okay, let's, let's, let's make it work and, you know, get it done. I love that. And it seems, it seems like your, your general theme seems to be that, that I'm not scared. I'm excited. You know, yeah. it's uh, yeah. just, just changing how you're looking at it. Yep. Yeah. I love that. Well, Sam, it is such a pleasure. It's always good talking to you. I'm glad we were able to cap catch you while you were yes. in the States. Uh, you're yep. off to, uh, to Malta soon. And, uh, I, I wish you, uh, a, an enjoyable time. I hope you have some free time in there, uh, yep. among all the cutting, keeping up the camera. Yep. Uh, I, I hope you get to visit the Popeye set because that's my secret right. dream of Malta. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. I have not been there yet. So I will have to do that at some point. But uh, it's been a pleasure talking to you guys. Uh, thanks for having me on. Uh, I love talking movies, talking Ridley, Napoleon, Claire, all this stuff. So anytime. That's it. And uh, and and I, I feel like I could easily talk your ear off for another hour, but uh, I won't do that to uh, our our audiences who uh, <laughs> and 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 old men like myself who need to get to bed. You know, exactly. <laughs> they don't know what time we're recording, Richard. Exactly, That's true. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I'm not being international minded, Sam. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thank you Catch so you much time. for being on our show. Yeah, it's been wonderful you. to chat with you. You got it. Yeah, it was Catch really later. nice to meet you. See you guys. The Render Bar podcast is brought to you by Master the Workflow. Master the Workflow provides training for those aspiring to become professional film and television editors and was created by working editors with credits on some of the highest grossing films and award-winning television projects. Our course, Feature Film Assistant Editor Immersion, is recognized as the industry standard worldwide. For more information, go to mastertheworkflow.com.